Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. All right, Bitch Talkers, we have a very exciting interview in store for you, a film that we are so excited about. We're talking about Pixar's Turning Red with the director, Domi Shi. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Can you introduce our audience to Turning Red, which just came out? Yeah, so Turning Red is a coming-of-age story about a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian girl named Maylin Lee, who uh, you know, thinks she has her whole life like all set until one day, boom, magical puberty hits, and she's transformed into a giant red panda uh, and has to calm herself down in order to poof back into a human and stay human. And uh, the story is kind of just about how she deals with this newfound change, uh, magical puberty, and how um, she has to wrestle with, you know, being true to her mom and her family, or kind of embracing her her inner beast and that that messy side of us that we all kind of uh, are are told to tamp down our whole lives. So. Love it. Um, Domi, can, since we haven't had you on the show before, can you tell our audience a little bit about your, about your background and also your Pixar story? Yeah. So um, I was born in Chongqing, China, and I immigrated with my parents to Canada when I was two years old. Um, and uh, I'm an only child, which explains why a lot of my stories revolve around the parent-child relationship. So it's very close with my parents, especially my mom growing up and um I've but I've always loved drawing I've always like just loved drawing loved telling stories with drawings kind of following that passion got me into animation school uh where um I fell in I fell in love with storyboarding and that's kind of how I got into Pixar was through the storyboarding internship so after I graduated I spent three months at Pixar in this like intensive story boot camp um and uh, after that, I was uh, lucky enough to be picked up to be a full-time storyboard artist on Inside Out. Uh, and then that was my first film. I got to work with Pete Doctor and Ronnie Del Carmen, who are amazing um, mentors and filmmakers. Uh, I got to work with Pete Sohn on The Good Dinosaur. I worked on Toy Story 4. I even got to work a bit with like Brad Bird on Incredibles 2. Um, and then throughout my whole time storyboarding at Pixar, I never stopped kind of working on my own personal kind of work and kind of my own kind of like side projects. And one of them was, uh, was Bao. Um, and I was originally going to just make it on my own. Uh, but then, um, uh, you know, like through the positive feedback I was getting from a lot of my coworkers, from Pete Doctor, because I just randomly pitched it to him just for you know, feedback. Um, I was encouraged to kind of pitch it to the studio as a short film. And that was back in 2013, 2014. Uh, and then that got greenlit. And uh, 
and then I made Bao. And then after Bao, I was asked to pitch three ideas for a feature film uh, in 2017, and that's when I pitched Turning Red. Um, yeah, and then and then that got greenlit, and and and, and, and here I am. <laughs> Fast forward four years wow. later, it's done. It's out. <laughs> That's so incredible. And you make it sound so easy, which we all know it's not. I, I just have to give you a quick shout out. You are the first woman to direct a Pixar short, the first woman of color to win an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. Both of those were for Bao. And now you're the first Asian woman to direct a Pixar feature. Uh, and I, I think I just want to know, um, having all these first, what did it mean for you to direct this film and how did you want to make it your own in terms of style and feel? Because really it yeah. does stand out as, as a very special film. It's very different and a great thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think it was because I was the, like so many firsts that I really felt kind of, uh, uh, almost this this obligation to make sure this film felt different um that that it felt unique because I guess um my voice is kind of unique and different and you know coming in as a first time director in a studio that has such an amazing track record and such amazing movies and, and stories to come out of it I it's almost like I took, I was trying to take the pressure off myself a bit, like, oh man, I can't really compete in the same lane as like Andrew or Brad or Pete, but what if I create my own lane? <laughs> That's like so yeah. weird and different that, you know, it, it can kind of stand on its own um, uh, and, and, and people can't compare it because it's just so different. Uh, so that was kind of the mentality I had going into making Turning Red. It was like, oh man, I have this opportunity uh, to just really, um, you know, uh, just put all of myself into this, into this film, um, and, uh, and kind of shoot for the sun, you know, I'm going to be spending at least four or five years of my life working on this and I might as well try and, and fail spectacularly versus, um, you know, kind of take a baby steps and, and kind of just dip, dip my toe in it and play it safe. Um, so yeah, I was like, go big or go home. So I did. <laughs> I went big and then luckily I didn't go home. So, yeah. <laughs> um, if I can go back to your, um, you know, being raised in Canada and I uh, read that your dad was a art teacher. Is that correct? Yeah. He was an art professor back in China. And then he's been kind of like my, my, my art mentor. That's what I wanted to know. Was, yeah. As he fostered this love of art and animation for you and been really supportive? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel lucky in that, like, you know, even though my parents still had that like classic immigrant parent, like pressure and expectation. Um, I mean, like they always like encouraged me to pursue like my creative passions, except they were just like, okay, well, if you want to be and if you want to go into animation, you better like practice every day and stuff. So yeah, he he was super supportive of me going into animation. Um, like he would take me to like life drawing classes after school and like in high school, like both of us would like go to like the local art college and draw naked people side by side. Father and daughter, kind of awkward, but <laughs> <It's> so cute. <laughs> I love it. 
but it, 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 it like really helped me. And, and, you know, he helped me a lot with my portfolio and, you know, like so many of the, like, it's funny in the movie, like May gets into a lot of fights with her mom and stuff, but I definitely had like an equal amount of fights with my dad, but mostly around like art. Cause like, he'd be like, like, you know, he'd have that like tough love mentality and I'd be like, ah, putting too much pressure on me. <laughs> but, uh, but in, yeah, in, in the end, I think it, it, it paid off and I you know I really uh you know uh I'm so thankful for his like dedication and, and, and time invest in money invested in me and my crazy passion well clearly it's paid off <laughs> <laughs> and on the topic of parents a big part of this film is this mother-daughter relationship and I love I love this new trend in animated films Pixar films where there's not a true villain or hero it's it's human characters that are that are flawed and, and beautiful regardless, and they were just working through their flaws. So can you talk about having that balance of this mother-daughter relationship that was tumultuous, but there was so much love at the core, and you're never fully mad at the mother or the daughter. You know, you you recognize that love and you understand it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of there from the very beginning of, of working on the movie that we wanted to tell this nuanced and and real um mother-daughter story where in in real life i mean maybe some specific relationships there's like more clearly a, a, a bad guy but i think like i mean my whole reason for wanting to make the movie was to kind of understand like what was going on during that crazy time in in, in my life like during puberty and all of our lives when we're like fighting with their parents all the time and our emotions are out of control. Um, but I kind of wanted to understand it from like both the kid and the, and the parents point of view. Um, and uh, it really helped to like have women on the show, like women in the, in the story room who could speak to that experience. Like, I think it really helped that our producer, you know, Lindsay Collins, she's the mom of teenagers. Because like at any time, you know, we'd be in the story room and, and I and like, you know, we'd veer too far into the, you know, on on on, on the side of May, where you know, she's this like like oppressed teenager under the 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 militant thumb of her mother. Like it was great just to have like moms and like parents of teenagers in the room being like, we know we're just trying our best and we're human too. <laughs> uh and it gave me a better understanding too of like what my mom was going through as well um yeah I mean at the end of the day like we wanted to to like tell a, like like express a truth and the truth is that you know like it like things aren't so black and white that your mom might have been this like might have been this way yes but she had her reasons for it and it all came from like a place of love um I just rewatched Bao before we got um, onto this call, which I love that short so much. Um, but the animation is very, looks very different than from turning red. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how do those choices get made? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think bow was almost like we were exploring and kind of dipping our toe into that, like stylized, like what does stylized 3d animation look like? And then we kind of just like really went for it with turning red. And Bao was always intended to be almost like a modern day fairy tale, kind of have this like storybook, like soft kind of quality to it. 
um, kind of like the little gingerbread man, sort of. Mm. So the design of the world and the way the characters act and feel, it's like very soft and rounded. Um, and that, that, that made sense for the story, you know, uh, which is kind of like, like fantastical and, and uh, like, but also like very slice of life and, and mundane too. And then with Turning Red, I think because our protagonist is so, you know, is, is, is so larger than life. She's so energetic. She's so, um, you know, nerdy and sweaty and, and passionate <laughs> and loud that it just made sense to really push the style of the, of the movie, of the, of the animation and the production design to reflect her personality, just to, to help tell her story and to help support her. Um, yeah, because like for Bao, the protagonist is this like, oh, this, this soft old lady. So it made sense that the world would feel that way versus turning red, like the main characters is like horny tween. <laughs> horny, beautiful <laughs> tween. And like, yeah, you know, we're going to push it because she has all of these feelings and that, that need to come out that the audience has to, you know, understand. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm so yes. glad you mentioned horny, horny because yeah, that's the perfect transition to what I wanted to talk to get into was yes. uh, she's obsessed with this boy band for town. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think you and Aaron are kindred spirits because everything you're talking about, the only child, the, the, it just, Aaron loved new kids on the block. I wasn't the biggest still fan, loves, still loves new kids on the block. Um, so uh, nice. can you talk about the creation of this boy band? The song is still in my head, by the way, I was singing it before you got on um, and, and their songs because they're really good. <laughs> yeah. They're such earworms. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's so funny. Like four towns started in the very first version of the movie, almost just as a, as a, as a joke. Like there was just this scene that, that was cut between May and her mom just to show how they don't really understand each other. And Ming has a line. It's like, and, and why are they called four town if there's five of them? Uh, she thought was such a funny joke. Uh, but then their, their like role got bigger and bigger with each version that, that we made um, until finally we just kind of, you know, I think around screening two, we, we just embraced the fact that, you know, like this is a tween girl and like, for her life or death stakes aren't like saving the world and you know, all that stuff. It is going to a concert, um, like her very first concert with her friends and just really leaning into the tweenness of it all and kind of making that the, the goal of the movie just really opened the movie up for a lot of fun. Um, because it's, it, and, and it's also, it's true. Like when you're that age, like these, these things just mean the world and it, it is, life or death like going to this concert getting this particular album or you know like yeah this and that and um yeah and 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 you know like then we just got really excited about the idea of like creating you know pixar's first boy band yeah. uh, <laughs> and coming up with like little bios for each boy and like what specific role they would uh um uh, you know serve in the in, in the chemistry of the, of, of the boy band group. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun just to like uh, geek out and, and create your own boy band. And, and then, you know, like, like for me personally, like I was never um, like huge into boy bands. Like I liked them, like I liked NSYNC, but like the thing that I was like really, really obsessed with was more like, you know, like, like movies or like 
TV shows or, or like books. Like I was really into Harry Potter, but just kind of, I was just inspired by that, that tween excitement for that one thing of like being obsessed with this one thing and your friend group and your social group and your life just revolves around that one thing. Like that was what I drew from to put onto me and her friends with poor town. But yeah, I would, I like, all, like all of that, like I, I behaved and acted like that, but like towards fictional boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said in sync and not backstreet boys. Anyway, go ahead. Right. And exactly. Much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or O town or what's the other ones. Anyway. <laughs> um, so are you saying that your next animated film is going to be about four town or <laughs> Because I mean, oh. the characters are so developed. I know. I had I have full biographies. We had this whole like, mu- we had this whole like <laughs> musical like in, okay in an early early version of the movie like May and her friends were gonna put on like a musical about the creation of Four Town, like and and act as the yes. as each of the boys. But they and need one they, more. Yeah, they needed one more. <laughs> Therefore, they roped in Tyler. And it was a oh, whole other story. Oh, but yeah. it was like very cute. And like May, like, of course, she like wrote the whole screenplay and she had storyboards and they were like designing the, the sets and everything like that. And it was really funny and, and earnest. But yeah, like they're from like Cincinnati or, you know, like some, some, some like town in America. And they had a whole backstory. <laughs> so yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> you can't leave that on the cutting room floor. That sounds wonderful. I know. It was really funny. But then we were like, like, instead of a musical, let's just go to a, a four town concert. That, that, that seems way more epic. But yeah, maybe uh, you know, DVD extras or something. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> well, I um I so I so often feel bad for kids right now because of the pressures and the judgment that comes with social media and and things that we never had to grow up with and deal with. But when I watch a movie like this, I'm jealous of kids because now they have these awesome Mm -hmm. characters and these awesome stories to relate to that are real, you know, and Mm -hmm. and um, and and can make them feel better about all these this confusion that's going on. So when I see, you know, this controversy that's mm. been, been out there about the inappropriateness, you know, I'm going to use quotations because it's, it's BS of, of mm-hmm. showing kids about puberty, which is something we go through as kids. It just piles mm-hmm. me up. So I, I'm just curious, were you prepared for this controversy and, and what do you think about it? Oh, no, it like completely caught me by surprise, I guess, because I've just been living with it for so long that it just seems so normal. And also, like, you know, it happens to literally over half of the population of the right. world at that age mm-hmm. um, that, like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like maybe I'm in, like, a progressive bubble, but I was like, yeah, and have her, like, like pull up all of these pads and it'll be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and and <laughs> it, it was, was. so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm glad, like, these discussions and debates are, are happening you know like um I'm, I'm glad the the movie is kind of like bringing this topic to the surface um because the more we talk about it the more we normalize it I think um yeah it is interesting though because like you know I'll be I'll be in like some interviews and 
the person will ask like, oh, there's a lot of like adult themes in this movie. And I was like, like, what is adult about like having the secret sketchbook of your crushes under the bed? Like that is so 13 and 12. Like that is, I mean, maybe when you were that age, like you were like totally like quote unquote normal, but like, I don't know, like every person I've ever like talked to, especially a creative person has that, has had that experience or like that awakening through drawing or writing or, or something it's just not talked about but it's like really really common I think so yeah and, and I'm glad that all of this stuff is 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 stirring around because of the movie like good <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good outlook thank you that's much better than the anger that I was feeling now I'm happy about it too. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. keep talking you can be like angry but also like <laughs> satisfied at the same time you're like yeah Keep it in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Keep yeah. talking about it. Exactly. Cheers to that. Well, thank you so much. We love this film. Yeah. We love your work. Can't wait to see what you have for us next. We've been speaking with director Domi Shi of the Pixar film Turning Red. Congratulations. We love it. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you, yeah. Domi. Keep kicking yeah, ass. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show is edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.